This is Jim, and welcome to Second Chance Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to Second Chance, a moped podcast, a rally recap, or whatever the hell this shit show is going to be. I'm back with kind of turns into like I think you're my rally buddy now, Johnny. Like we we always kind of seem to pair oh, up yeah. at rallies, and we're always kind of fucking looking out for each other. And yeah, well, you want to you want to introduce I'm, yourself? You know, I'm new. I'm I'm glad to have you, dude. Yeah, well, introduce I yourself. I feel like I don't know as as many people, so glad yeah. to have you in my corner. Hey, always, Johnny boy. Introduce yourself, damn it. Yeah, hey, John, John, Donnie Dagger, John Esty, previously um, from Nashville, moved to Connecticut in January. So I still consider myself part of the Daggers, still love, love those guys. Uh, can't wait for their rally and, uh, you know, to see them rallying this year. But I live yeah. far away now in the New well, England area. It sounds like they're having a little uh, venue hiccup. So if anybody knows anybody in the Nashville area with a field able to rent, definitely reach out to those guys. They've been kind of advertising it on a few different forums on Facebook. Um, I know they'll figure it out. It's mopeds, dude. We always do. Um, we got we got options. We're just trying to find <laughs> the best ones, so the best party. And, We're going to pause for a second, Johnny, because Sarah's joining us now. Hold on. Okay, everybody, we tried to let Sarah come in from the zeros, and she'll come in eventually, but her computer's having issues, so we're just going to, like, do the normal, like, everybody's experience throughout the weekend, how they got there, what happened, what it was like. Um, So, Johnny, like, you knew, like, I had reached out to Parker, like, about a month or so ago, and like, hey, you got a place and a loaner, and Parker goes, yeah, I got both those, don't you worry, Jimmy, and I'm like, sweet. I'm not going to worry about nothing. Um, <laughs> little, yeah. Okay. So that, that was, that was uh, my lead up. And then like you, re- you, what was your story with uh, the Upjet? Uh, yeah. Like in terms of the lead up, I, I wanted to go. I was, I'm like kind of big, more big time committed and, and going with some more people and giving the loaners out to some friends for Acadia. So it did kind of, it was about a split second there where I was like, I don't know if I could do Upjet. It's two, they're right in a row. Uh, and I just bought this house. And I'm feeling poor as shit because of it. Yeah. And uh, I was like, but you know, I was like, as, in typical me fashion, I was like, you know what? You only, you know, only live once. Yeah, I'm. It's not. It's two hours away, and so I started thinking like maybe I'll just do Friday, or maybe I'll just use do Saturday, or you know what? Maybe I won't stay over, and then it, I ended up just doing the whole damn thing, which you know. So that's just kind of how my brain yeah. worked. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, I gave myself was, an inch, your... and then I took a mile from myself. Yeah, yeah. What was your <laughs> um living quarter plans? What we'll we'll get to the description <laughs> later. But what did you do for I had yourself? An Airbnb. That, I had dude, a one-bedroom Airbnb. Sounds perfect. You know, solo by yourself, not a care in the world. Come and go as you please. It's perfect. And you put sound like, like it was a little bucks, I think. dude. Awesome, awesome deal. Way to be thrifty, Johnny. So we're all talking. You reach out to me, like I think early in the week. You going? Yeah, I'm going. Now you and I'm just like, I I got a place to stay. Okay, blah blah blah. Um, it's Thursday of the rally. I was gonna fly in Thursday, so that was kind of my plan. And now we got Sarah coming in. Uh, I'm going to admit her. Uh, I already did this once, but whatever. Um, 
So I, I'm, I'm waiting for Sarah. Uh, Sarah's audio is connecting. This is, I'm not editing everybody because you'll understand how tired I am. Holy Sarah, 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 you need to Sarah, shut off your computer. There we go. Okay. Um, and then Johnny and I are just talking. Johnny talked about his lead up to the rally on Friday. I'm talking to my lead up and I'll, um, what up? I will end up just kind of running through my whole fuckery. And then we'll just have you run through your Friday and like your kind of decision to go to the rally. Um, so, (laughs) uh, so, um, I get, I get off work, I shower, I'm running, it's everything's yeah, yeah, yeah. And my buddy Lee picks me up to go to the airport and I get a notification. Your flight's delayed. Fuck Lee on the way. Can I get a burrito? Okay. Yeah. yeah, Get a burrito. I'm sitting at uh, MSP before bag check and everything. And I get like your one flight delay, like bam, bam. And then like all of a sudden another notification. Oh, you can change flights. And then I'm like, I go up to guest services with Delta. Hey, what do I do here? Oh, we can get you to LaGuardia. That's perfect. I said, that's even closer. Awesome. So I board the plane to LaGuardia. And that's where the fuck show really begins. This is seven o'clock Minnesota time, seven fifteen. We go to take off, and all of a sudden we start taxiing back to like the hangar, not the not the not the gate, but the hangar. We're having difficulties, blah blah. blah. There was some breaker that didn't want to trip for them, so they get it all figured out, and then Jim turns. You're what? at the hang, not the gate. You're at the at like a one of those giant garages yeah the hangar the big the big repair the big repair center for the airplane they took you to the repair shop that's what happened to me i've had all kinds of mishaps but they've never rolled me over to to the freaking workbench to get my plane sorted out yeah yeah so they're freaking like oh this breaker that's tripped we don't understand why it's tripped but we really don't need it to fly okay we're all feeling safe at this point then it gets better they tell us they burnt up too much fuel going to the hangar so they got to fill up more. I'm like, that's fucking great. You guys cut it that close. <laughs> yeah. Johnny's got his eye lifted. And then they go to tell us we're going to take off. And then they kind of get going. Then they go back. Uh, we can't get the second engine to light. It's like, what the fuck? And this is like rolling about nine o'clock Minnesota time. So they fuck around, fuck around, fuck around. And they say, uh, we might not be able to take off because LaGuardia has a 1230 curfew. So this is like 945. One business guy was like done three transfers, like trying to get back to New York. It's like trying to book flights or he's like, there's no fucking way we're getting this. And all of a sudden we start going. I'm like, dude, they're bringing us back to the gate. There's no fucking way we're going to fly. All of a sudden get ready for takeoff. We go and we fly to New York from so Minnesota to New York. We did it in an hour and a half, like and that minus the time zone change. So it's two and a half hours, but like an hour and a half is flying. So get to LaGuardia touchdown. Um, it was, I was going to go right to Parker's, uh, place, but he's like, no, come to the hang, come to the, I think what what would you call that? Like their their clubhouse, their workshop, their garage, whatever. It's Upjet's garage. Yeah. So I go to Upjet's garage, see people, blah blah blah. Um, me and 
Evil, I think his name was, or the blonde guy from Florida. I don't know. We all like hang out, go to the bar, blah, blah, blah. Go to Parker's place. It's like 4.30 in the morning. So I've been up for 24 hours. Sarah, do you want to talk about how you decided to go to the Upjet Rally? So I contacted Johnny from MCR. Yeah, Which comes to fuck us up later because there's two Johnnies, one truck later on yeah. Saturday night. It took a while for me to realize that you were talking about your Johnny and not my Johnny. Yeah. Until I got massively confused. <laughs> but MCR Johnny now is out in New York. And there, there was a concert I wanted to go to. So I messaged him like a month ago. He didn't reply. Finally, Wednesday morning replied. He's like, oh, are you coming to the rally? I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to a concert and then going to the rally and crashing in New York. So yeah, yeah. Super easy to get there. Also, hour and a half flight from Detroit. So your plane was super fast. Yeah, yeah. And then who ended up? So you got a unique story. You got two loners. How you did that? Everybody else is scrambling. Yeah. But you're Sarah and you're awesome. Everybody fucking loves you. Talk about your. Somehow, hold on. I'm going to turn my dehumidifier off, but you talk about your loner deal. Somehow, Johnny had a loner for me. It didn't work. He had a couple other loners lined up. I had a loner lined up. Um, Bill is a guy out here in Toledo and he knows Kathy from the apocalypse out in New Jersey. So she brought me out of Tomos. Wasn't going to be there until a little bit later on Saturday. So on Saturday, Friday. So Thursday and Friday, I rode the little rentable scooters in the city and then got over to New York city moped shop and had a derby that they lent me for a few hours to go over to Manhattan Island and ride around and then met up at Upjet, got the Tomos from Kathy and gave you guys the Derby. Well, we'll pause on that because I didn't, I have a thing about bikes. Like I try to be respectful and everything. I'm not just going to take somebody's bike without like getting permission and talking to them. Um, But like, yeah, so I had, this is where things start like, Friday night, Kai showed me, or Thursday morning, showed me things were askew. We'll say that. And I go to Parker, ah, so what am I riding? He's like, do you ride shifties? I'm like, dude, I really haven't ridden a motorcycle or a shifty since I was 16. I really don't want to get reacquainted with everything in fucking Manhattan in New York City. He's like, oh. And then, like, I end up taking this, uh, I forget, again, he kind of... He, lo- he looks like a zero. I forget his name. I apologize. I end up taking this um, ZA that was stock and hadn't been touched since the 70s. Um, I ended up having that as a loner. And, like, top speed, I swear, was, like, 23. So that was going to be really interesting. Um, Johnny, what do you have with you uh, on – but, Johnny, had you already gone to your um, Airbnb at this point? Talk about your Airbnb, yeah. buddy. All right. Yeah, I went straight to my Airbnb and I was probably there for like 15 minutes. I like for one thing, the keys were just in the mailbox. So I was like, okay, they're not really that concerned about security. Um, I was like, okay. And it was basically like in the basement of the, and not, not, I don't want to judge the area too much. It was like slightly lower income, but it wasn't necessarily the area that what that bothered me. But this was just in a, it was in the basement. They had clearly like, you know, just plywooded up some rooms. 
uh, and it was like a shared little kitchen that looked really dirty. I didn't even get look into the shower or into the bathroom there, but I, so I kind of, and there's like, you could hear people like, I don't know, listening to TV or something in the other rooms. Um, my room didn't have a TV, so I don't know what they were doing in there, but <laughs> it basically just walked by these rooms and my room was all the way in the back. And it was like, just kind of like a bed in on like a metal frame in the corner with like a picnic, little picnic chair and a tiny little like end table. And it might've had a mirror, but and that was it. That was it for furnishings, nothing on the walls. And then on top of that, I see this other door in the back of my room. And I'm like, all right, well, what does this door go to? And I, it's, this is where I like encountered the deadbolt that like didn't turn. And I go to like, and so like the little knob, had, there's a lock on the knob. So I go to pull, I unlock that, pull the door open. And I see the deadbolt, the deadbolt didn't turn because there was no hole in the wall. So there was like a deadbolt on this door, but it was like a, fa- a false deadbolt. And then on the other side was like a basement bulkhead, you know, like, you know, the, just the two bolt basement bulkhead doors that everybody knows. Um, and it had like three bullet holes in it. Nice. All, I don't know what else makes small, small round holes. And they were kind of like spread apart. They were like clearly not part of some attachment or something. I didn't even go to look at the, uh, and, you know, okay. So even the bullet holes doesn't bug me, but we got like an unsecured door directly to the room I'm sleeping in. A key that was just clearly just left out for who the fuck ever, you know, not that you expect so much security necessarily, but just for those reasons, I was just thinking, I'm not going to be able to sleep here. Like, no, dude, if I no. do come here, I'm not going to sleep at all. And I'm just picturing myself like getting like jumped in the middle of the night or like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking hard. Yeah. Like I said to you several times, like your kidneys were going to be harvested at some point. If you would have stayed there, I'm yeah. really convinced. Left. This looked like a, like a human trafficking scheme where like you <laughs> peek behind the curtain and there's like a girl that's like on, on drugs and half dressed, you know, <laughs> like I'm just like, I need to, I couldn't do it. So <laughs> I audible immediately. I sprung for, what felt like a pretty pricey hotel and it, you know, it ended up being an okay place. And that was, you know, that was, you know, six blocks and 40 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so New York, like everything 40 minutes, dude. Adventure. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Sarah, you ended up just staying at Johnny's, right? Yeah. I crashed at Johnny's place, which his landlord started an Airbnb, but then no one came to the Airbnb for like a year. And then the weekend I came, it got sold out. So nice. I just had a crash in the other room. But Johnny was a super awesome. And like, he slept on the oh, yeah. floor and gave you his bed. Like Johnny's yeah. stand-up guy. Awesome. Um, He's hilarious. That guy had me, that guy had me cracking up all weekend dude. too. <laughs> Johnny's great, dude. He's super yeah. great. Um, <laughs> he bought me girls. Anyways, uh, he bought me Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> and so the Friday night ride takes off to, we leave up jets, uh, cl- clubhouse shop, kind of alley, whatever. Um, Sarah got the Tomos. I saw you had the Derby. I'm like, let me talk to the guys from NYC mopeds. Maybe I'll get that for tomorrow. Um, I knew I was in trouble. Like once that ZA didn't want to shift that well. And I was, I got, I don't compliment my riding skills or my um, know-how on bikes, really. But, like, that was a feat that I kept up with that pack as well as I did. 
because I should have any other city in America, I would have been left. But thank God for New York and all the red lights and nobody, everybody's stopping on Friday night for the red lights. Um, I made it to the spot. Uh, it was, you know, a motorcycle club house. Um, the dirty ones, wasn't it? Because there was a few. There's like another motorcycle club that shared the uh, kind of alley garage area with um, Upjet. So which, which I, I, because they that were purple. The dirty, uh, dirty, dirty ones were green. Okay. Yeah, and the dirty ones the... were green. And that was their clubhouse yep. because it had their emblem on the door. Yep. Yep. Um, but that other club that shared the space showed up Saturday to the bar after everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll, again, we'll, we'll rewind. It might be sister clubs. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. Um, but I remember getting there and like, I was going to be open-minded about stuff about the, um, because I'll, everybody knows by now, uh, of just affiliated with a 1% gang. And like, I'm, you know, I, I, uh, trying to be nice. I'm trying to like word, use my words correctly. Like I, when I feel like there's somebody who doesn't care about the law, and with my mouth, I feel on edge at all times. And I couldn't really relax and be goofy. And that was kind of my over and the, nobody threatened me. No, nothing bad happened like that. But like, um, I just felt on edge the whole time. That's why I kept leaving and going to the corner store until the Friday night ride. Um, what was your, you guys, and I'm just speaking my, my truth. You guys can talk about kind of your, your, ride and stuff like that and you're kind of friday evening at the clubhouse i was just overly nice just in case i didn't want to take like have anyone take anything i say the wrong way sorry a cat just jumped it's okay um, kitties are fine didn't want to take anything the wrong way again i wanted to be open-minded like you were i felt a bit uncomfortable being there Definitely went to the corner store a few times. Most of the guys were nice or cordial to me or didn't say anything to me at all. There were a few things that I was uncomfortable being told or saw, but I was with a bunch of other people I knew, so I didn't feel I had to leave leave, but a little bit uncomfortable being there. You can, Sarah, you can say, if you feel comfortable, just say what you didn't like, because I mean, I'm not going to apologize for my feelings about shit. Like I can say like, looking back at it now, I wish they wouldn't have had it at a 1% biker club. Like I'll be the first one to admit it. I would like, have chosen to gone to their clubhouse. Okay. If I had a choice. I ride motorcycles. I go to biker bars all the time here in Toledo. We've had issues with guys being upset about us girls having back patches on, that we didn't have property of patches, whose woman is this type of situation. So when I remembered that they're not just a motorcycle club, they're one percenter, I was even leery of wearing my cuts there because we've been, even on girls only motorcycle rides, we've been told don't wear your cuts one percenters are being here and they're sending people to the campsites to make sure you don't wear your cuts. So with that being things I've experienced in the past when I was going to go to those events, 
and being told that one percenter bike clubs are purposely watching you. They're sending people to watch and make sure you don't do these things. It's mopeds. They're goofy. Mm-hmm. Backpatches are just for the fun of it. Like we're respectful. Our club doesn't have rockers. We know motorcycle gangs don't prefer us having rockers, whatever. That's fine. It's nothing serious, but I don't want to be in a situation with my back patch if I don't, like if I shouldn't show up there. Several girls said that they were coming with their patches. So I wore my vest. Everything was fine. No one said anything about it. Like I said, there were several guys that were cordial to me, nice to me. We talked for a while. I had things questioned about my ethnicity from one of the people. Hmm. which was something if you hear my last name not, most of you might not know me if you're new my last name is actually shut scouting not just scouting so if they hear shut they think german instantly because it's a german last name yeah but walking out of the bar went to the bathroom grabbed a coca-cola walking out and one of the guys pulled me off to the side and asked me if i was german and Irish. And I said, I, I'm German, don't know about Irish, like this red hair, it's obviously dyed. My, you could see the blonde coming through. And he's like, oh, I could tell. I'll be watching you. And I'm like, that's awesome. Oh, um, I mean, I've had conversations where people are like, oh, are, you look German. Are you German? Like, oh, yeah. And then you have a conversation about Germany or German culture. I've never been told that I will be watched. So that had me very uneasy about being there at all. Um, one of the guys did get a little bit drunk and was pulling out his taser and backing away from me, telling me that I was coming at him when I was holding still. So again, you're drunk, shenanigans occur, mopeds, shenanigans occur when you like pull out random things after you're drunk. Yeah, And do things that you probably wouldn't be doing if you were sober. Well, but, and some of that is like tasers have been brought out in mopeds and stuff like that. But like there's a yeah. different dynamic here because in the moped scene, like I feel like we all kind of know each other and kind of trust each other. And we don't have like yeah. outlaw above the law type of mentality. And like I can understand where he was coming from as a joke. But I also can see your side of it where you're nervous already. Like, yeah. Especially after already being told that I am being watched. Yeah. Other girls came with their patches because we talked ahead of time. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing my patch. It's fine. If anyone says anything, we'll just put the patches on our bike and just take them off because we don't want to cause trouble. I'm like, okay, I can do that. That's not an issue. But after being told I was being watched and then having someone I don't know that I've never been to rallies with that's older, apparently earlier tried to get one of the guys to box him, then pulled out a knife and tried to do a knife fight. Now he's pulling out his taser (laughs) saying that me standing still, not even talking to him, I was threatening him. Um, Yeah, I didn't want to be in a situation where someone would do something because they're drunk, thinking I'm threatening them when I'm literally not doing anything. Yeah. Again, if this is like a moped person at a moped rally, all of us know each other at some point in time. If that would have happened at a moped rally, the guys would have shut it down 
instantly. Yep. There would have been no question asked, like, yeah, we do shit like Chicago does their like boxing matches or, you know, arm wrestling, shit like that. That's fine, but that's like consensual to people doing this. Mm-hmm. If someone would have pulled out a knife on me or pulled out a taser on me, even jokingly, the guys would have been like, put that the fuck away. This yeah. is not the place. Time and place. Yeah. 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 Um, so that made me a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I like I said, I, I can see both sides of the fence on this one. And like, I mean, you're my friend. I'm always going to side with you. Like, that's just the way it is. And like, it's. Yeah, I it exactly. And I didn't understand all I heard something happened. I didn't understand all that happened necessarily to you. But you know, and that's you know, obviously and everything's okay. You got through it. Yeah. Um like I said, I always wanna give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I go to biker bars all the time. We go to bike night in Toledo where there's all the different local clubs are showing up, even the one percenters show up here. Yeah. I know what not to say. I know what is fine to say. We do have, like I said, people have mentioned about us having back patches. And it's gotten to the point that the guys, they got themselves back patches, just little ones. So like Andy has a little property of back patch just to make fun of the fact that we've been asked so many times who this woman belongs to. And they're like, mm-hmm. we don't belong to anyone with anything. The women belong, like yeah. own us type of yeah. just for the laughs of it but i'm not in my town i don't know these people they're not local they don't come to moped rallies i don't know them i'm just hoping everything is fine yeah johnny uh not to hit like and like we kind of talked a little bit just like kind of talk about your friday experience riding to the deal and kind of how you saw everything at the mc yeah no, totally. Um, it's all a lot of familiar faces met, uh, like was instantly meeting new and making new friends, um, uh, with moped folks. I definitely get the sentiment, uh, about the, uh, um, you know, about the, uh, the biker club and stuff like that. These guys, they were definitely rough around the edges. You could tell. Um, and they, they, but they were, I think they were going out of their way to be, um, be cordial, be friendly. You know, they they were very well aware of the fact that like that they did not appear to be approachable. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to me, <laughs> and uh, so you know, and I appreciate that. I never felt unwelcome, but at the same time, for me, I, it never it, it always it never didn't occur to me. I, it was always in my mind that like if some shit went down, or if one of them was not happy with me, uh, or if one of them just, you know, just was kind of like maybe he had a couple, couple too many drinks or was like, you know, losing it, that I, it, I was going to need to get out of there fast, that there was mm-hmm. going to be nobody that was going to save my ass. Or if I had an altercation, you know, which happens when you drink, it happens or it happens when you there's people that you don't know and there's not like cooler heads to help prevail. So it definitely occurred to me the whole time that, you know, I was going to have to be careful uh, and that I was and, and that if I was on the wrong side of an altercation. It was going to be really, really bad for me. Yeah. And that kind of situation is not one I gravitate towards, certainly. Um, but that was really the extent of my experience there. And uh, I think I probably, I probably could have, I probably could have swallowed it. But yeah, I didn't spend any time there, like after I had been drinking or after they had been drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, things change. 
and you don't it, it you don't want to be i don't in in retrospect and my my guidance to anybody that asked me would be care, don't put yourself in these kinds of situations if you're not comfortable and if you don't have back support that's all i would think is like I want to have like my buddies with me. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be in a situation where I may not be safe, I need to have like ho- like friends, long-term friends that maybe I know are a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, like, <laughs> that'll like maybe step up or maybe drag me the fuck out of there Yeah. or whatever, you know, and that kind of, that's, those are the kind of thoughts I was having anyway. Yeah. That's kind of my experience. That's my, um, that was my feeling in my heart was like, Okay, I mean, I wish I had maybe some like bigger friends with me, or <laughs> maybe just somewhere that uh, isn't going to require something like that. Yeah, yeah, I was impressed. Not to, okay, we kind of I did enjoy the pretzel roll hot dogs that Drew I think cooked up. Those things were fire. Sarah, did you enjoy your hot dogs at least? I know you're. We all for those who don't know, Sarah's gluten intolerant. But how were the hot dogs for you? Hot dogs were actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they like. I told them ahead of time they had hot dogs set off to the side for me so that they didn't get touched by any of the, the pretzel rolls Yeah, yeah. and kept some so they wouldn't run out for me. So I thoroughly appreciate that when anyone goes out of their way for food yeah. with my allergies, I always oh, appreciate You have that. all the allergies. <laughs> just slightly. It's fine. Yeah, just slightly. <laughs> but yeah. Those pretzels um, were so soft too. Uh, it was like a very, very strong uh representation of a good pretzel <laughs> not to rub it in <laughs> it was good i'm sure you're over but it. um i'm not what time did the ride leave because i think it was actually halfway punctual like it was like 10 they yeah. left at 11 11 now i remember thinking okay this bike also ps everyone had no fucking lights so i had that going for me um <laughs> Uh, did you make the Sarah made the night ride? Johnny hit the night ride. I hit the night ride. Um, I don't remember kind of thinking like they were blocking traffic as soon as we left the clubhouse. I'm like, this could get interesting, like, because it looked, I don't know, I was just already like, hmm. And we get going, how many blocks did we go before we saw a cop? Like three, maybe it wasn't too far because I remember seeing a cop. And then we were taking a left, like a half a block later. And then going, we were going up a hill and a cop comes flying down at us. I'm like, uh oh. And everybody did the moped scramble, you know, just reverse back. And this was where, um, Sarah, I'll just, I'll let you tell you how you got a, what you did at this point. So it seems like there were about three groups that mm-hmm. dispersed into coming up to the cops. I remember thinking like, there's a lot of us, most of us are riding dirty. Why are we going by the multiple cop lights? But I'm like, you know what? They have someone pulled over. So like, maybe they're not going to come after us. It's fine. You know, how sometimes cops are like, fuck it. We're not dealing with that. So we pass them, we take the left. And that's when the cop comes from the top. And some rallies we've dealt with cops before. They talk to the heads and they just let us go or whatever. The cops passed the people leading the ride and came down towards the rest of us. And it took one bike to turn around and go the opposite way. And it was like scattering. Yeah, it was ants. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I got in with a group that went back to where the cops were. Um, 
luckily they had already left. I'm assuming they were coming around to follow. I'm not too sure, but it was just a fun, like hide and go seek running from the cops and you'll just like hear them and you'll run away. And it was one of those things of like, everyone's just rolling super slow, trying to keep their bikes quiet. Then there was one motorcycle guy. (laughs) I just kept revving his engine. I'm like, shut up. Don't do that. (laughs) Like if it's a larger group, cops don't really pay attention, but now we're in smaller groups. They might actually try to stop us. So after that, it was just a very slow, long ride of following anyone who had an upjet patch on them because they knew where we were going. Yeah. They got us back to Upjet Clubhouse and we kind of reorganized. And I feel like only like two thirds of us made it back at that time before we decided just to finish the night ride and left again. We'll, we'll, we'll stop there. We'll just, we'll kind of get yeah. to the Upjet Clubhouse. Johnny, what do you do to get to the Clubhouse? Yeah, Sarah, we must have been, I don't remember getting back to the place where they, where the police were, um, but, so maybe we weren't on the same group, but then we ended up back, I do remember getting back to the Upjet Clubhouse and they got going out for the second attempt, uh, but yeah, that was all, what you guys described was basically my same experience, and I just, in retrospect, I gotta get better at sticking with the ride leaders, although, I don't know, I see cops and I fucking... I'm not doing it. I don't talk to cops. Yeah, yeah. So no, the no. ride leaders were sometimes the ride leaders like like okay, let me let me talk to the cop, and I'm like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Don't talk I'm to cops. Leaving. So <laughs> this is kind of my thought, and like anybody who listens to Moped Monday, this is the story of what happened to me. So I'm on this busted ass EA that like everybody knows EAs. You kind of blip it, you shift sometimes, and if the pucks are right, like it'll shift. Whatever. It, uh, this one wasn't shifting that well. And we go up the hill and I'm always trying to be at the front at any stop. So like I was almost towards the front. I was probably like front third, we'll say easily. And cop, I'm like, fuck, I did the whole net. I did the whole Cleveland. Like I'm going back, just turn around. Um, And then next thing I know, like I'm taking, I see some cars. I kind of go past some minivans and like cut back into traffic and going down a side street. And I see flashing lights behind me. I'm like, fuck me. I'm not, I kind of made it in my head. I am not stopping unless I hear a bullhorn saying pull over or like chirping or anything like that. Um, I didn't hear that. And then I see like a New York is really good for like narrow streets and double park cars. I got around a double park car and just kept going. The cops were clear. And then I saw my boy, Johnny, Johnny, we hooked back up. And then, yeah, it was just a bunch of duck and dive in because, like, the upjet guy who was with us, his bike was he had a busted yeah. ass uh coil wire, he is wasn't what going happened anywhere. This guy, dude, he was it was going really slow. So, I was like, if we could just get back to anywhere, he was like, his bike was limping along, yeah, and yeah, we just kind of all reconvened at the upjet uh space and we all took off. And I, I'm like, you know what, maybe I'll make it, maybe I will. And then we got on some straightaways and I'm like by pack and like one of the Drews, I think two, two Drews, um, Upjet has a goddamn lot of Drews. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. They got like a half a dozen, I think it's pretty annoying, but you know, whatever, like two Drews ended up staying with me and like, we ended up having to turn around cause I was so fucking slow and made it back to the Upjet workshop and 
Johnny and Sarah, do you guys want to talk about how Manhattan was and all the cop-free riding you had after that? Manhattan has a lot of cops. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of police stations as well. Oh, no, God. it was like a pinball the rest of the night weaving around and oh there's more cops they gotta go this way up oh, here's more cops we did make it to Times square awesome. we we're slowly moving through the traffic it was absolutely gorgeous and beautiful i wanted to walk the whole thing but then there was like a barricade of cop vans and as soon as we got up close to them and like we're weaving through the cars they all got out of the vehicles or they were next to the vehicles start walking down between the cars like towards us and i just looked to my left and looked to my right and then one of the daggers not daggers um up just we're like yeah peace and we all just turn around and left after that it was just like a bunch of going where we think we can go there were cop stations all over manhattan i was kind of surprised how many were there but yeah a lot of police that night once we got back over the bridge police weren't too bad but it was just ride it like you stole it type of riding <laughs> right on johnny do you want to talk about how your bike performed how flawlessly and a good builder you are i'll tell you what <laughs> I, i'm 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 kind of bombed that bike that bike does ride well that bike has done several rallies i even rode it this year already on a pretty long ride and I also like made it that whole way, uh, you know, from to getting pulled over by the cops to riding the fuck around to the back over to the, uh, you know, um, Parker shop. And then all the way, I made it all the way up to uh, um, it's Central Park, which is like a cross, which is also like a 40 minute ride. And <laughs> then it, and then it started dying at lights. And I was like, uh-oh, I don't know what's going on here. I'm turning my idol up. You know, I'm tinkering, like doing some simple tinkers. Um, and then it just died for good at Central Park, at which point, you know, and I couldn't get it going. I waited for a while. I let it cool off in case maybe that was something that was going on. But it wouldn't. And then that's when I just proceeded with my first rescue, self-rescue of the weekend, <laughs> which was a, you know, two-hour affair each time. Yeah. And like. I don't know. Did Upjet actually have Chase? Because I don't think they did. No. Like, no, they, they had in the itinerary it. that they wouldn't have Chase. Okay, I didn't I know mean, that or not. When you're lane splitting as much as we were and running lights, there's no way Chase can keep up with you. No. And I don't think New York is conducive of Chase. Like, No. Yeah. So that that makes total sense now. Like I was just like, this was an yeah. expert level rally. It felt like to me, you were gonna deal with adversity. You're gonna deal with <laughs> tricky uh, drivers, tricky roads, um, complicated directions, lane, the lane splitting. And, Johnny, uh, I think I, you said the uh, one night like New York is actively trying to kill you <laughs> yeah, at all times well, between like yeah. the residents and. Uh, on the streets, but then like the municipality is <laughs> uh, is uh, aggressive and dangerous, you know, like not <laughs> supportive, you know, from the police to the like, you know, the, I'm just like, when I was in Central Park, there were like just tow trucks circling and I'm like, oh my God, like buzzards <laughs> over my corpse <laughs> of a bike. <laughs> but um, 
but I ended up getting back. Parker did check on me. Like, are you okay? I'm like, nah, we're just slow. And like, we, I had a couple object guys stay with me and we got it back and kind of everybody, you know, kind of congregated back there. I think that's when I noticed the Boston crew showed up Mars and some of them. Uh, so that was good to see them. And we just kind of, Oh, Maya, who was like one of my first guests, she was there. Um, yeah, it was just rad. It was kind of catch up time, but then I got let see, this is where like things kind of started going a little sideways for me. Like, if you can't, if I ask people like, Hey, I've been very blessed, very lucky. And I'm not trying to sound ungrateful at all, but like, if there's like a wrinkle where you can't, um, house me when I ask like, Hey, is there a place to stay? Just let me know. I'm an adult. I can figure shit out. But like Parker went, then when told me at like one thirty AM, yeah, I'm staying here tonight. He was sleeping in his tracker. I'm like, well, that's that's fun. And as I like, it's not like a place where you can lay down and sleep on the concrete because there's active rats like running around. It's New York. So I'm like, well, fuck me. Um, kind of hung out Sarah and Johnny. I'm sure if I would have pressed Johnny from MCR, I probably could have crashed on his floor. But like at that point, Johnny and I didn't know each other that well. And like it was good just to hang out with you, Sarah. Like you want to oh, talk yeah. about do you want to talk about getting back to the spot though? Like, and just kind of your overall wrap up with that. It was just a lot of, my cat is bothering me now. There's, it was like pinball the whole time, just bouncing left and right. And as long as you stayed with the group and you just followed whoever had the upjet patch on, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's the middle of the night at this point. You're in a city you don't know. Cops are actively looking for you. Just stay if you can. If they blast, blast. If they don't, just roll with them. I think in the end, only like 10 or 12 of us made it through yeah. the war. It was total blood sport. It yeah. really was. Um, I know myself and Johnny made it through. Um, like the, most of the rides, I'm like, oh, there's Jim, there's Johnny. Like just verifying that I at least know a couple people. Um, but yeah, it was a blood sport to get it back. Finishing out the night on the Tomos, I knew the Tomos could do it because I love those bikes. And yeah, then it was also like a half an hour, 40 minutes to go the three miles to Johnny's house afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so other so John Johnny Dagger, what was your experience like once you finally talk about break you you broke down? What'd you have to do? Call Uber? Yeah, fifty dollar Uber back to fifty dollar forty minute Uber back to get my truck. Forty minutes to drive my truck over there. Forty minutes to drive my truck back. You know, give or take a couple here and there. So, yeah, I I got back to the uh, you know the Parker's garage, the kind of up jet little spot, tiny spot yeah. there. And uh, and at this point it was like three three thirty, and I grabbed your ass and i was like well i'm fucking checking well out, and i want to say this i appreciate you so much johnny because like the last few rallies you and i have been at like we have been like kind of rally buddies like we kind of end up gravitating towards each other it's just like we and this was so fucking rad about mopeds and moped people like johnny and i never would have met but like johnny's kind of slowly creep he's like creeping in to be one of my better moped buddies i would say like um yeah and, and that was sure. great because Cause like you said to me, 
do you need i don't know how it even came up like i think you might have suggested or did i ask but like if i needed a place to stay i don't know like i don't remember the circumstances at some point you were like i had already told you about how my airbnb was a bust and so i just sprung for a hotel room and i think at some point you were like uh dude i i don't know what, what my situation is i might need to stay with you and at some point you were like i, I gotta come and i was like all right yeah i mean it wasn't ideal, right? Because we only had one. Is that a queen size bed? <laughs> it was. A, it was a queen. You know, we slept asses, everybody. But you know, it, it was no cuddling. I mean, it's not it like when you it wasn't a double. Yeah, it could. We could have then. But I remember you kind of being a little stressed out, Johnny, because you're like, "I need to eat. There's no food." I'm like, "Dude, don't worry. There's a bodega open somewhere. There's a bodega." Open I have like somewhere. one hot dog, one yeah. pretzel hot dog, at what nine or yeah. eight. It was still light out. And then you just, you know, that's what happens when you stay up. So if you're not somebody that stays up late or when you stay up late, you don't realize, oh shit, I have to eat again. Like it's not like breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's like breakfast, lunch, dinner, mid, you know, 3 a.m. You have to eat again. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how that works. Every six to seven hours, you got to eat. Like, and, it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that hotel, you got in a pinch, dude. That was like, you know, it was an old building and it was like right by the train, but it was cool. Like in its own way, yeah. That bar that was down there looked like a lot of fun. I could totally have pictured myself hanging out there, and yeah, they were perfectly accommodating, a decent space. The bathroom was really. I got a, like a handicapped bathroom, so <laughs> it was a, a lar- little larger corner space somehow. Yeah, dude. I don't know why I got that. You know, it's you want to know why you got it because it was there and it was open. They're like, this guy looks a little special. <laughs> but and you, we got parking on the street. I mean, it all worked out. I, I didn't have any. I didn't have any issues parking this weekend. So except God for that, Saturday night. Saturday night. What do we have? What do we? Oh, we'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to, we'll well, get to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, we woke up. You showered. I didn't. I had no clothes. My bag was at Parker's. I'm just like, fuck it. It's a rally, dude. Whatever. Um. I think did we get breakfast? I can't remember. Uh, we got, we went over to the, uh, Upjet garage and, uh, when you went to Dunkin' Donuts and I went to go find something yeah. a little bit more New Yorky. And I forget that, like, there was a lot of cool spots around the Upjet garage. Cause like when I was showed up there Friday, like I had hours to kill it. So I just walked around, like had a little, had some, I had a little sandwich in one place. And then like, I walked like 10 blocks. Like I spent like an hour or so walking, just walking around, dude, absorbing the sounds feeling the feels then i went and got some asian down the street not so good but whatever um but yeah fr- so we're saturday everybody's getting to see each other everybody's all excited i ended up talking to jp at myc mopeds and like he goes yeah dude you can borrow the selects no big deal i'm like fuck yes i was so excited um yes people i was excited for derby everybody i had so many people it was so a sexy people. bike yeah, yeah, so many listeners of the show, like I had friends of mine, just because you're we're all friends here, like giving me shit about riding a derby. I'm like, dude, I'll ride a scooter anytime. Like, <laughs> um, did that one did it have pedals? That it had pedals. It had pedals. Anyone in New York could start it. They have like legs of steel from all the walking. Yeah, I am not physically fit at all, and. <laughs> 
it, it was a lot for me to start it, but I could get it started. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I'm glad you decided to take that Tomos. Um, but we took off, I remember like everything went really smooth. Like everybody kind of hung out to chatted. Um, and it was, it was awesome. Like we all got to start riding and just checking shit out. Um, and I don't remember the ride to the stop. I think that was Sheepheads Bay we we're at possibly. I don't know. The lakefront? Yeah. Yeah. The waterfront? The waterfront. I think it was like a Johnny, do you know where we were at? Because did you break down, Johnny? Was? Did you break down? Yeah. Okay. I broke down again. I'm frustrated because I had gotten up. I tried to get up early and uh, mess with my bike. Uh, you know, I, all I really ended up doing was putting a new spark plug on there on my ground. Still, I still need to get to work, working on my ground, the screw that hold, was holding my ground on. But, yeah, I don't know. I, bro I did break down, but I kind of got it going again and, and randomly ran into um, that one big dude from the Sunset Riders um he like randomly drove by me and i was like yo are you where are you going and he's like this way and i was like all right fine so i kind of got re like saved a little bit because i didn't know where i didn't know where that was i didn't yeah. i thought i was pretty much putting in coney island which you know in retrospect my bike wasn't running great i probably should have just gone straight to coney island i didn't yeah. need i probably should have done an abridged ride <laughs> with the knowledge that my bike might not have been running great they need to be gallivanting all over. This but dude, that's the that great me. Uh, illusion of mopeds where like, if it's running, it's fine. Not that it will break again, even though it'll yeah. break again because it's a moped. Just don't turn I, it off. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. Um, yeah so, but yeah, I got rescued. I don't know. But to answer your question, I don't know where the, uh, I don't know where that was. I just followed some dude there, was <laughs> unwinding there and then did not, made it almost to Coney Island. I was like, literally a 15 minute walk from coney island is where i broke down the third time <laughs> um <laughs> i remember that that area was cool it was a good just place to stretch before we got to coney island then the ice cream truck showed up all of a sudden i oh, see yeah. it coming down i'm waving him in i'm like stopped him i was the first one to get ice cream and like that's like everybody saw the picture of jason and i eating ice cream together i guess he had stopped and like it, it didn't take a you know a rocket scientist in marketing to see all these bikes go by and then real. And if you know the area, that's a dead end. He probably knew he was going to get some sales. All oh, I'm saying. Yeah. Biggie turned around and got himself ice cream and he followed Biggie back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah it, it was great. I mean, I enjoyed the ice cream. It was really good ice cream actually. And as everybody it was saw soft serve ice cream. Yeah, yeah. I was wearing it all over my face. It was great. Yeah. It was num nums. Um, but yeah, going to Coney yeah. Island was rad. Actually, like I've been to Coney Island like three times. I've never eaten Nathan's hot dogs because like the times I've been there, there's been lines like crazy. So yeah, I actually got to eat some Coney Island. Finally got to meet Sabrina. Like her and I have been like DMing on and off since like this podcast. So like it's good. I Her and I finally got to chit chat a bit. Awesome person. Um, got, there's a few other people that I've like talked to online. Like we just haven't gotten me like some of the sunset rider guys. I'm blanking on the name. Um, I know a lot of the Boston crew stayed with Sabrina. So like, it was good to see all those guys. Um, and we just kind of hung out like Johnny. That's when like Binks, like start talking about your brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, that's hilarious. I, 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 
crazy coincidence in the first place not to mention that you know that he thought of it and i don't know how how did you guys even get to how did you guys even figure that out we did so we were talking about small world shit ingos and mopeds and like he just started talking you want to hear some small world shit so my brother-in-law like and why don't you tell the story since it's yours technically yeah, he works. He, my brother-in-law works for Aetna, who puts has is, is a Fortune, you know, fifty Fortune one hundred company, and they, you know, are constantly throwing events around the country for this and that kind of get together. And so they, what they do is they contract with local groups to, uh, like, local audiovisual and like you know presentation support groups um, to like help set these events up. And so yeah, like not that. It must have been like a month after the Legion rally last year. My brother-in-law hit me up like, hey, you're not going to believe this. Do you remember this guy from, you know, the you were just in Philly, right? Blah, blah, blah. And he, they had somehow got to talking to him. He, he probably told my brother-in-law he's into mopeds or he rides, he's from Philly and or maybe something along those lines. And my brother-in-law said, oh, my, you know, John, you know, John likes mopeds or something like that. Who knows how they came, ended up talking about it. Um, so it's just one of those really random, like, oh shit, they work together some, or they work together like twice yeah. kind of thing. And apparently they partied up a bunch, you know, my brother-in-law, which is funny. I still gotta ask him about that. That makes my sense. My brother-in-law, family man, gets out on his work trips and, you know, gets <laughs> after it with the AV crew. <laughs> um, Sarah, how was your Coney Island? Oh, I walked up and down the boardwalk, had some of the, uh, city corn. Mm-hmm. which was good was it you that didn't know what city corn was yeah that was me yeah yeah yeah, it's like, yeah. i'm a midwest kid we have corn on the cob and we have it with butter because we're Are norwegian you... and german and that's as spicy as shit gets yeah um you're talking to a michigan person yeah i know. knew i knew what it was because you're cultured yeah i'm cultured thank you thank you <laughs> and uh just hung out with everyone yeah and is like city corn, the same thing as Mexican street corn. That's what I thought I was seeing. It's I think the same thing. Yeah. Depending okay. where you're at, they call it both of those names. It's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get the sauce on it though, because of not knowing what was in the sauce, mm-hmm. but I did get the chili powder on it. Yeah. And like, this is the hard thing for me to talk about right now. Um, there had been plans in the works for um, for an alternative spot for a while. And the original plan was for a group to leave, but like 15, 20 minutes early. And they um, wanted to do that, but they didn't want to cause a huge issue with everybody. So their idea was to just split off from the pack. But the issue they did, they split off too early. Like they went um, three blocks and took a left to a gas station and some upjet people followed them. And then all of a sudden, like the whole pack was at the gas station. That gas station was not on the route, on the upjet route. Um, And we started riding and I, I knew about this and I think, I had to tell uh, MCR Johnny, he kind of got last second and I told him who to follow. Um, 
Sarah and like I'm just trying I'm trying to stay out of the ahead of time with like at the boardwalks if you were told that's usually where everyone Mm -hmm. was told but when it split off it really was one of those things that even if you didn't want to split off you went with the group because it was like almost the entire group took a lot so yes. even if you didn't want to go and you're following the usual mopeds, just follow the pack, stay with the pack, you you kind of went with them. Yeah. And like as some of the people who orchestrated this, they said it kind of worked too well. Um, yeah. But- I think one of those issues was that they were really forward in the pack. Mm-hmm. So when they split and then some of the upjet also split with them, I was like, oh, maybe they're just going off to do this one thing. We have to stay with the pack. The whole pack's turning. Yeah. And it was a cool ride to the alternative spot. Um, I got to see a lot in New York. You got to ride under the trains a lot. Um, that was and far, like, wasn't it? it? It wasn't bad. It was like, I don't know, tw- half hour, would you say, Sarah, we rode? Half hour, um, maybe an hour. It's yeah. Time flies while you're there. It Time is me- not real in New York, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you can go just a couple blocks and it can take you forever. Mm-hmm. And we were going through like the Jewish neighborhoods and like seeing these Hasidic, young Hasidic Jew. And I'm I'm trying to say the soft J people, so don't I don't need Tyler Duncan getting on MA and saying I'm a anti-Semitic now, but there's some young Jewish boys. Um with like their locks and like just staring at us like you could tell they saw it like they wanted to do it and i'll just want to be oh, like some of them were hopping up and down and pointing with the biggest smiles on their yeah. face any kid when they see you on children a on a children's toy we're on children's yeah. toys these are made for these children and yeah. any small child hopping up and down smiling laughing like you can't help but smile about it yeah yeah um, and I remember getting to that low tide and like, I think Johnny, you were, did you know what was going on at this point, Johnny? I had been told I had heard at Coney Island, which by the way, I got to also add how much fun that I and other Johnny had at Coney Island. Cause I wasn't, I wanted low key wanted to ride the rides, but I didn't know like who I was hanging out with. And then I ended up uh, meeting up with him and a couple of the folks uh and i'm so bad with names so but like and we did like three of the rides we got tickets and the rides were like hilarious and fun yeah. and like just way more i didn't i thought they would be kind of chintzy you know not that great but they were as good as any roller coaster i've ever been on to be honest dude i wish i would have hooked up with you guys because i asked a people you want to go rides i no. was looking for you i don't know where the hell you went i didn't like i did after nathan's i didn't see you at all so I just wanted to add that we first we had a ton of fun there. Johnny and I were doing shots of tequila in between <laughs> rides, and the third time we went up there, they poured us a triple shot. So that's how subsequent <laughs> so, so that probably should explain why Johnny was asleep on the curb not that long, much longer <laughs> later because I was feeling that too. Um, but yeah, no. So I have to do another rest. So I didn't rescue my bike right away. I was like, I'm just. You know what? I'm not. I'm done riding for the weekend. I accept that. I'm gonna rescue my bike later. I'm going to Coney Island. But so when the ride was about to leave, I pulled an Uber, another expensive ass Uber, to go get my truck, which was 
40 minutes to get the truck, 40 minutes to get the bike. I rode over to rescue my buddy Jake, um, who's a dagger, lives up in upstate New York now. He's riding a C this weekend. Um, okay. And yeah, I don't know. He had traded bikes with someone of the Upjet guys, and then the Upjet guys' bike broke down. And I basically went over there to rescue those dudes. But I had my truck, so I was glad to be able to do it, you know. Um, and, and then it wasn't until probably, I don't know, maybe like 8 o'clock, because I just went directly to meet you guys at that set, that uh, bar that you were that you texted me about. Okay. But, yeah, I, I but somebody before was already saying to me, like, yeah, low tide this, low like, go to low tide, go to low tide. It mm-hmm. didn't. All that was it was explained to me as like you know oh some people are just going to hang out there like it wasn't yeah. it, it nobody said anything to me about like hey we're not trying to go to the biker bar nobody said to me like hey this is this is why it's just like I sort of like oh secret like you know alternative yeah. spot we've been invited to um, but yeah then when I once I finally dropped Jake off and then went to try to find you that's when you were like don't go there. Yep. And I was like, oh shit. Like, is this not, is something fucked up happening? And so I just gave up on that entirely, yep. the actual rally spot. And I'll kind of just run through my stuff and Sarah, you can say yours. Like, we went to Low Tide. It was cool. It was like a motorcycle collective, from my understanding, to a point. It had like, it was a moped hangout, is what it was. It had like old dirt bikes, old like just two stroke stuff and like 70s bikes and like guys work on like, there was a, there was an airstream like all airstreams are like in the midst of being restored um but like yeah dude it was a cool spot it was very chill very lax uh i ended up buying a jacket at a garage sale like a little bit down because i won like 20 bucks in CeeLo. so um it was great it was another corner store sarah and i went and i kind of felt obligated the bike was actually not jps from nyc mopeds it was another one of the god damn it i'm thinking of the it's the chain gang um diamond daves diamond daves golden chains it was one of his bikes so like i felt obligated to like i knew that um their shop was going to be next to the next bar and i'm like i kind of have to go with these guys because like i want to get this bike returned and i got to catch a flight tomorrow and I don't want to deal with any like returning bikes across Manhattan. And it kind of turned out for the best because on the way to um, the bar, the clutch spring broke. Either the starter shoes, no, it's a one-way bearing, so it had it had no starter shoes. That broke, so it's like kind of die dying at every freaking uh, stoplight. And that was kind of terrifying. I'm not gonna lie. And again. No headlights on a bike in New York is always fucking interesting. I kind of was having a half-ass panic attack. I think it went to Binks like two or three times. Regardless of what he says, it wasn't every fucking stoplight. Like my clutch springs broke. Um, But no, got got to the bar. I forget the name of the bar, but like I got it back and I got it returned. And that's why kind of the reason why I didn't show up to the second to the actual rally spot was um, A, I didn't necessarily like feel the comfortableness there but like b i wanted to first and foremost i wanted to make sure i got the bike back to his owner um sir do you kind of want to talk a little bit about like what all your situation was yeah once we got to low tide 
I wanted food because I didn't really eat anything except for the corn at Coney Island. Mm-hmm. So that's when I went down to the um, bodega and got food. But I was getting a message that I had to get the bike over back to the actual biker bar location. So I kind of had to just leave my food there. And I was so hungry. <laughs> no. And you so have like an right. urgent request to return your Milaner. Yeah. Um, they weren't sure what was going on. The people I loaned got the bike from, they broke down during the ride, managed to get themselves to the end spot that was on the itinerary. So they were unaware, they broke down even before Coney Island. So they were unaware of this alternative location. They were unaware that the rally just turned. I couldn't text them because I didn't know where we were going at all until I arrived with the whole group. So as soon as I got there, I messaged them. I was just like, hey, so we're not there. We're now here. I don't know where there is. Found it on Google. It was like a 20 minute moped ride to get out there. And everyone's like, oh, do you want us to just ride with you? I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm just going to leave my food here. I'll get there, return the bike, come back, finish my food. I was staying with Johnny. Johnny was already passed out on the sidewalk. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I have to, you know, yeah, yeah. I have to at least go back to like with the people I'm going to be with at the end of the night because I don't know my way around new york i'm following a gps that says anywhere is 20 minutes i'm like okay i'm just gonna go there drop off the bike and did that got back as soon as i got back i just finished eating my food and they're like oh yeah now we're going to this bar but now i didn't have a loaner i just ubered to low tide again Mm -hmm. so then i get another uber to go to the bar and as soon as i got to the bar that's when johnny called me he's just like yeah there's two different bars that people are going to he went to the one he i was going to but then they like split off into another group and went to a night market yeah yeah i heard heard that was rad like yeah so by that time i had just gotten out of the uber i'm like i don't really want to uber again like each of these rides are like 30 to 70 dollars like i don't want to do it again (laughs) so He's like, don't worry, I'll be right there. And that's when Johnny came back by himself. And that's how he got pulled over. Yeah. Um, well, pulled over. He got pulled off of his bike. Um, Wednesday night, sometime between the final meeting at Upjet's shop and me waking up in the morning, going down to the bike on Saturday morning, someone took the license plate off of the loaner bike for me so i i owe them a license plate now johnny <laughs> somewhere between saturday start of the ride and saturday end of the ride his tags also went missing either they fell off or someone took them mm-hmm. so i kind of felt bad because he came back to the bar because that's where i went and he was pretty close to the bar when suddenly people just grabbed him and pulled him off of his bike. No, like, hey, bird the police or hey, get off your bike. Just grabbed him from behind and pulled him off. So 
understandably, I wouldn't want to be out riding again after that situation. Yeah. I felt bad that he had to go through being ripped off of his bike, but he didn't get arrested. He didn't get a ticket. He did have his pre-registration on him. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. And like what Johnny was saying. They didn't want to deal with it after they were holding him and the one guy was holding onto the bike. He's like, where's your kickstand? (laughs) It's Johnny. He doesn't have a kickstand. And I feel at that point, they didn't want to deal with it. So they Mm -hmm. just let him go. Yeah. Um, I think he might've got a ticket or something, but he basically has to register his bike in New York and it'll go away. I think that was kind of the synopsis of what he said. Well, that's the thing. I think he still has a Michigan license. So he can just be like, Hey, I'm from out of town, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I don't know if it. He doesn't. I think he has a New York. He has I to think, get a slip that says that his tag was stolen. So if someone's riding his tags, like took his tags, put them on their bike, so it looks legal. If they get tickets, like running red lights or whatever, he won't mm-hmm. be issued the ticket. Yeah, because um, I remember, like, I started getting a headache. I remember, like going to the corner store being really happy i saw you and johnny was like the king of parking for the most part that weekend um johnny you showed up uh that other one percent bike gang showed up mysteriously at this bar and then like some other people from the night market came like drew came um from upjet and like that's kind of i i don't want to speak for drew or anybody in upjet so like that's their situation but like um i got to meet besnick so and that was interesting and like besnick and i talked he's like yeah i heard you saying my name the other day and like i thought we might have to get into it i'm like dude you're kind of an internet legend and i go i i just finally i'm like oh that is like what do you mean i'm like dude i i like you don't worry about it he's like okay and then like for some reason like besnick decided he needed to buy me like every sprite soda at this at this corner store i got like six sprite sodas and everybody how many sprite ask me how many sprite sodas i've had in the last decade how many none none i've never had a sprite soda in the last decade so i drank one started handing them out to everybody but um you know that's when kind of the upjet infighting start you kind of started to happen a little bit and like again that was um that's not my business and then i try to take this philosophy in life like it's not my business to tell your business so like that's their club stuff and what's going on there so like you know everybody's gonna hear or whatever but again that's not for me to talk about it's really not i'm only sharing my experience and like my friends are sharing their experience right now um the only thing I feel qualified to say is something like this was a long time coming because a lot of people were dishap were not happy with the way directions were going and they don't feel like they're they don't feel like they were being heard for a very long time. And you know, that's that's about all I can say. Um that's all I feel comfortable saying. But like Johnny, we I knew you needed a place to stay because it was like two thirty in the morning something like that i need a place to say so like and we're all waffling for some reason zach i'm fucking pissed at you because for some reason 
I get suggestive when I'm tired, and you told us to go to some deli. So, like, we're going to go to a deli, but Sarah and other Johnny needed a ride, so I'm sober. I'll drive people. Uh, Johnny, I'll, hey, I, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. You guys talk yeah. amongst yourselves for a bit. So, I love animals. I follow Bodega Cats of New York on Instagram. I have been to so many bodegas at this point. I had not seen a single cat. I was so disappointed. And at like, what was it? Like 1230 at night before we left, um, ran yeah. over across the street to the bodega and saw my first bodega cat and about died in the most happiestness I have been the whole time. Uh, yeah. And then you I were very- one bodega cat at least. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, just, it, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, I'm just going to kidnap this cat. It, it's fine. I did not kidnap the cat. But then you were like, <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna take you home, so you don't have to do another Uber. And I was so happy to not have to Uber again, especially My like pleasure. what are we gonna do with Johnny's bike? I'm so glad to be able to help. You know, I've been you know having my truck. I, I like I, if you know me, if people that know me like from around town, they know that I love doing favors. And I like I want I love being able to justify having a truck. So I was right around the corner and like, I, you know, we had already been having so much fun this weekend. So I was just really glad to be able to hook you guys up. And like I said, Jim was driving anywhere anyway. And so I was not, I was, I, I was also glad to not be driving in the first place. So it absolutely my pleasure. We were cracking up while my drunk ass was trying to tie up Johnny's bike. It was the most goddamn painful experience of my life is what it was. <laughs> just get the straps out of the dry bag what's a dry bag <laughs> why what do you mean there's a dry bag with straps in it and yeah i know and the fucking dry bag and there it, it's a rat's nest there's pop i there's literally 10 straps in there all just kind of thrown in if anybody you know you know how straps get they all they have hooks on them uh so anyway yeah i know i can only imagine <laughs> <laughs> but i remember we're... In that dry... and why are they in a dry bag because i just moved and that's what i put them in it was an empty bag and i was putting things in bags and that's where they stayed in that dry bag <laughs> and then i have no problem driving my friends when they're a little tipsy and everything and like johnny was supposed to be my co-pilot and like it was uh, kind of waffle it was kind of waffly yeah. at best um you should have taken that over sorry yeah you should have <laughs> definitely you were in the middle of stuff I you was were, sober. It, it, yeah, I but you were talking it. to you were DMing people or something. You were in the back hole communicating with stuff. Yeah. Um, but Johnny, like <laughs> if I t somehow like we went by I don't know why we were arguing about the Brooklyn it was like a Brooklyn museum or something like that. It was the museum, yeah. But why what were we arguing about if it was there because or not? Johnny said it wasn't the museum. Oh. I mean you are clearly looking at the multiple signs hanging <laughs> off the building saying that it was the Brooklyn Museum. <laughs> no, that, no, that's not it. That's not the Brooklyn Museum. I know the Brooklyn Museum. And he, at this point, see, like I'm just talking shit, I guess, probably. If I, then, then, I don't know anything about what the Brooklyn Museum looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then for some reason you're like jim if i've told you once i've told you twice and we're sitting there waiting for the punchline it never came i'm like what the fuck are you talking about john and the other was, johnny was just passed out in the back yeah 
I might um, be getting a little sassy. <laughs> but this is also the point we realized we didn't have a hotel for the night. Uh, we get Sarah and Johnny dropped off. Everything works out well, in kind of. And we start looking for a hotel. Uh, John, Johnny, do you want to tell everybody how easy it is to get a hotel? Oh, we went to Zach's Deli. He never showed up to. And, like, it was it was very busy. So we didn't do it, but tell, tell the folks how easy it is to get a hotel at three 30 in the morning in New York. Well, I, I honestly, Jim, I, what I'm thinking is that it's not very easy to get a th- hotel at three o'clock in the morning anywhere, <laughs> primarily because you cannot put in free AM check-in yeah. anywhere. It's too, it's past the time. Yeah. You cannot check in for that night. You may get a hotel. You can say three, a, you can say tomorrow. But you yeah. can't say today. So yeah. none of the apps that we would normally love to use would allow us to say, you know, three. We want it for last. We want a room for last night. It's yeah. tomorrow now. <laughs> as far as far as everyone is concerned, except for moped people and the night creatures of New York, <laughs> this is now tomorrow. You may book a room for tonight, but who in the right? It's been. Maybe they're thinking to themselves, who wants to pay for a hotel? that you're only going to have for a couple for seven or eight hours, you know, that, I don't yeah. know. So we um, could use the app. So Jim is like having to just straight up cold call. Oh, there's a <laughs> hotel on the map here. Hello. Hi. Do you have any rooms? No. Okay. <laughs> Next call. And like correlating where they, how to get there. Yeah. At this point, I'm like thinking about, I'm just going to take a nap in my truck Yeah. and drive the fuck out of here when I wake up. <laughs> Um, I, we did find a hotel. What what, what, was a trip? Because like we call them up and like, do you have any rooms? Let me put you on hold. And like, it would, we got put on hold, like for like 10 minutes, a few times. It seemed like finally got the holiday Inn in Brooklyn somewhere. It was a nice place too. It was a really swanky holiday. Really nice place. Yeah. Like it was a holiday Inn express, but dude, that was like a holiday express plus, plus, plus. Like I was, that's why I asked you when we were walking. I was like, "How?" I was like, "All right, how much did you fucking pay?" Because I didn't know, and I didn't care. No, I was like, "We got to do what we got to do." But in the morning, I was like, "All right, fine. Well, I gotta know what are we in for here?" Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> terrible. Like people, if you had said five hundred or six hundred bucks, I would have been like, "Yep, we deserved that." First of all, <laughs> but we ended up getting there, and like Johnny's like. We get there and I'm still on hold like for them to book me this room because I talked to a nice concierge girl, lady person. And like, I go, do you have rooms there? Yes. Okay. Johnny, let's drive. She's like, let me put you on hold. We'll get you booked. And like 15 minutes later, I'm walking and still on hold. I'm like, Hey, I'm on hold. Can we just do this? Yeah. Gets us booked. We got two beds this time. And mm-hmm. I go, do you guys have valet parking? And she goes, yep. And it worked out to like where I was going to float Johnny some money for the hotel room the night before. Um, But like it kind of is a wash by the time we get done with valet and Johnny, we we got up to the room, dude. And how did my snoring even keep you up that night? Or did you just fucking hit the pillow out? I mean, it's disturbing. (laughs) It's not like nobody sleeps peacefully because, you know, I don't know if all snoring is like this, but. And I think it might be, but you know, it's definitely you're doing like the 
suffocating and choking and coughing. So you're not, it's to say that you snore isn't, it doesn't really do it justice. You're, you're like at your, you're, it's like you're being smothered <laughs> at times. And, and at times it's, it calms down quite a bit, but it's disturbing. So it's definitely not, I don't care how tired or drunk you are. It's not a restful night, but I, it's, I, there were times when you got down to something that could be more akin to like a, a heavy breathing um uh, that's a result the rest of, of it is like it's really gross and hard and hard to <laughs> hard to relax i love you buddy um that's a result for me being overtired and maybe at that point in the weekend getting five hours of sleep total um i'm sure yeah, yeah. so yeah, you're, like, probably, like, you're sleeping on your aorta and yeah and, it, and you fell asleep anyway yeah it's like yeah it was sarah did you sleep like the princess that you are Oh yeah, Johnny has memory foam mattress and then he had a weighted blanket. Oh. So like I was in this nice little cush. Johnny slept on the floor. He said he needed to sleep on the floor cause like his back just needed to be realigned. <laughs> Friday night, he didn't snore. Saturday night, he did a smidge but not anything like a Andy or Jim level snoring. <laughs> Somewhere around like four, maybe five in the morning, there was some arguing out the window that yeah. slightly woke me up. And then I just fell back to sleep. The windows are open the whole time. I'm like, it feels like home. I can hear all the sirens going off because yeah. it's a city that city. never sleeps. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's fine. I can sleep through all of this. So sleeping arrangements for were nice on my end. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um yeah, I slept like a champ uh johnny woke up uh you said you got a little appointment so you had to get going um i ended up staying in the hotel like another hour or so just kind of contemplating my life decisions ended up just randomly i was talking texting groups of people kind of hearing some fallout from the night before ended up rehooking up with you and johnny sarah like that was awesome yeah. just to just to kind of see a little bit of like everything like that and getting to uh your mcr johnny ended up buying girl scout cookies i was going to he's like no let me get this he's like i don't even want girl scout cookies though so he gave me some gave some people in the shared space he has for graduate school um johnny how was your drive home i was tired man it was a sleepy drive it was not a i didn't feel great about my performance but i made it um i i made it uh, to be to, to to just to be t complete dead ass all fucking day, but uh, I did it. Right on, no Sarah. Hiccups. How was your flight and all that stuff? I made it to my gate five minutes before they closed the door. I knew it was gonna be fucking tight. <laughs> I like the more I kept like looking at them, like I'd be more and more uncomfortable. But there was a pregnant lady, her husband, and their toddler that arrived to the gate. 30 seconds after me and she's like I need to pee and the gate guy like held the door for her so she can quickly go pee because she's like I can't make it I'm pregnant so yeah. hmm. luckily for her I was able to go and get seated and the guy next to me shared his huge canister of dry roasted peanuts with me nice. and then he passed out and snored the whole time so I um 
for me, I hung out with Johnny, did the subway thing, kind of got screwed up after I had to leave um, the subway. I was supposed to catch a bus at the Port Authority, and then the taxi yeah. drivers are all like, hey, you just want a taxi for 25 bucks to the Newark airport? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'm guaranteed a spot. Me and this one lady from Norway actually um, shared the cab. She was like cordial and dealt with me a little bit. I'm like, hey, I'm mostly Norwegian. And like for anybody who's friends with me on Facebook, like that was the joke. I probably found my cousin because we kind of we kind of have that Scandinavian look going for both of us. So like um, it was fun just to chat with her. Caught, like I showed up super early to Newark, like. Two, three hours early and i was kind of terrified i was gonna fall asleep and miss my plane so i was like up pacing around and i sat down and i probably fell asleep in the plane before we even took off oh yeah i was almost falling asleep before like when they move the plane back and you're waiting forever in a line and then they take off yeah i almost passed out then and I was just like, no, you have to stay awake. It's only going to be a couple hours and you're going to be at home anyways. So, yeah. yeah. And I don't even remember, like, <laughs> they woke me up to put my seatbelt on, but I don't ever remember getting up on the plane. So I must have never had my seatbelt on during takeoff. So <laughs> whatever. Um, Mama Gail picked me up from the airport and, like, I made it to work today at 7 a.m. So um yeah that's your like sarah did you have the day johnny sarah did you have to work today i worked from home today good for you so i still was late to get downstairs and oh, sit no. on the couch <laughs> your commute your your commute took a little longer from your upstairs <laughs> to your downstairs <laughs> yeah it, it was a rough morning yeah yeah Johnny, how about you? I was you? well rested. I also, but I also work from home, so I have a very easy, very extremely easy life. Uh, so it was no trouble to uh, turn up and and do my uh, job, air quote job. Yep, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I can't thank you guys for coming on a second chance moped podcast. This is a railroad cup. I gotta talk with you two about a few things after this. But uh, hey, everybody, that's your wrap up. I think this podcast is done until Baker's. Uh, I got a lot of shit I got to sort out in my personal life right now. Um, but yeah, nothing but good news has happened. You know, with every change, there's a opportunity, as they say. And with that, mopeds are dumb. Later. Thanks, guys. <laughs>